12.04, ready to rock, my friend. First show of 2015. You're back in the chair and ready to go. A couple different ways to contact uh, today. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You'll get Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca directly. And your number, 416-216-5910. Anytime outside of show hours, they can uh, call you there, get a hold of you, and have a chat. And, of course, in studio, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell phone. So yesterday, it's what now? Let me look at the TV. It's two. It's going to be about three today, down to minus 12 on Wednesday, which is nice. But yesterday, it was up to nine, got all that snow. And I was I was working here down the hall. And within the first hour, there was 88 collisions. It's insane. Come on. I know. Slow down. Every time, every time the weather <laughs> just becomes a little bit bad. And I'm saying a little bit because, I mean, we haven't uh, you know, experience yet uh, the wrath of winter. No, not suddenly, at all. you know, people are forgetting how to drive, yep. and it's it's crazy. You hear about all these accidents, yep. and it's just nuts. So we'll focus on that with some car accidents. I got a bunch of questions for you today in that regard. You want to uh, give us a call? You can ask some questions as well. Savant's here to answer them first. So we always start with the week that was. Always go through a couple cases that came by your uh, your desk. Yeah, right. Well, unfortunately, you know, given the holidays, you think that uh, the office would be a bit slow, but no, the opposite is exactly true. <laughs> uh, the holiday season uh, does not. Uh, uh, mean that uh, you know people don't get into accidents and they don't have any questions. Uh, so let me start up with uh, you know with with uh, a case uh, that came actually uh, uh, to me the week before Christmas, okay. and I was chatting with the um, uh, with the husband who called me. He's a regular listener to the show. In fact, I'm going to go see the family tomorrow. Cool. Uh, they're up in Collingwood, and, and this family, this husband, wife, and and son, adult son, were in a car accident. Uh, a few days before Christmas, uh, and uh, the the wife was transported to hospital. It was a car crash, and the husband and the son uh, stayed around to give the police a statement. Uh, and you know, this is one of those cases where it's really unfortunate. I mean, both the husband and the wife have have physical type jobs, and both of them were injured in this accident. Okay. And when I spoke with them a few days leading up to Christmas, I said, you know, you really have to get checked out. I mean, she went to the hospital, but the husband and the son haven't at that point. And, and I said, you know, you have to get checked out, yep. obviously having symptoms. Uh, and, and, you know, the wife apparently had major issues with, with one of her knees. She wasn't able to wait there, uh, you know, wasn't able to go up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very, very uh, important to get checked out uh, medically to figure out what's going on. And then we can deal with the legality. So I was answering yes. a variety of questions for them. Uh, and, you know, and one of the things, obviously, that uh, came up very quickly is, well, what happens if after the holidays we can't go back to work? What happens if we have to take time off? Scary, right? Ex- very. very, very scary. And I explained to them, I explained to them, you know, the limits of what they can claim through their own insurance company. Uh, I, I told them what they can do vis-a-vis the other driver who was at fault for the accident. Uh, you know, and one of the questions that came up, and I want to really focus on this is, well, what are your fees they were asking me? Right. And what happens on the benefits that we're getting right now? In other words, we're going to get an income replacement benefit. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, John, we talked about that before. The maximum you can get through your own insurance, right, is 400 bucks a week. Uh, and there's a formula that the insurance company uses to calculate what you're entitled to. And I said, well, look, uh, you know, we don't charge anything on the benefits that come to you, you know, initially as as, yep. as the claim progresses. The way we get paid is it's a percentage, effectively, of a final settlement. So that could be down the road. That could be a year from now, two years from now, a few months from now. The point is you need money right now. We're not going to touch any of that. We're going to set you up. We're going to make sure that you get the benefits cool. you need, uh, medical rehabilitation benefits, uh, and we'll talk about a few other benefits that people are entitled to. Uh, so that was a major concern of theirs. And the reason why they, I think they asked the question, other than curiosity because they need to know, uh, is that you know, in, in my industry, 
lawyers and, and paralegals who help people who are injured have a variety of methods of billing people and okay. charging people. And, you know, some of these are more, you know, some of them are more ethical than others. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, what people need to understand is that, you know, there is a certain type of, of, um, of a structure that's in place. The majority of lawyers charge a percentage. You don't pay anything up front. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a personal injury lawyer and they're charging you something up front, there is usually a problem with that. There are some exceptions. Medical malpractice is one of those exceptions. Sometimes okay. you, uh, you, know, you have cases like medical malpractice where you have to retain an expert at the beginning of the case. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, when we're dealing with car accidents, slip and falls, uh, there are no uh, upfront fees, and there should not be any upfront fees. And if you're getting any benefits right now, when you really, really need those benefits, mm-hmm. the way we operate and the way that a lot of lawyers that I know operate is they don't charge anything on those uh, benefits. So that's one of those cases that I just wanted to bring out because a lot of people in that situation are asking themselves, well, I can't work. Uh, I'm going to get this 400 bucks a week. You know, it's not, it's not as much as I was earning before. I can't afford to pay you out of that $400 a week a percentage, not at this point. Uh, so, so that's something that people need to understand. And that's an interesting case that came around, and I'm going to be speaking with them tomorrow. And it makes sense because it keeps the lawyer, you know, really ambitious because if, you know, the lawyer wants to yes. get paid, they want to do the work and settle the case and, and for the maximum they can because it benefits all. Right, right. right. And, 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 you know, the, 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 the reality is that in most situations, to set you up with those benefits with your own insurance company is actually not a complicated process. Right. It's an involved process, different cases depending on the facts, but it's not a complicated process. And really where the lawyers and the licensed paralegals mm-hmm. earn their money is when the insurance company cuts you off. And then right. we have to fight them. Then when there is a final settlement or if there is a decision by a third party, then they take some kind of a percentage. And again, the percentage varies. And we can talk you know, about that later. Yep. But the point is on ongoing benefits that you are getting right now, we don't take any fees on that. We'll take a short break. Phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Maybe you had a, a mishap or a collision over the weekend. You got questions for Savan. Bring them on. We can answer them right here live this hour. In the meantime, 416-216-5910. Write that number down. It's Savan's private number. And help at theinsurancelawyer.ca for all your questions via email. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up right here. Talk Radio AM 640. Up to 1 o'clock, give us a call at that number. you got questions, and Savan's uh, email he says, well, simply email him with this, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, and his own number, 416-216-5910. If you're bashful, you want to give him a call after the show, that would be uh, excellent. Uh, we'll continue with uh, one more case uh, as we look back at the week that was, and then I want to get into some car accident questions for you. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting one. This is one of those cases that... Uh, you know, ever since we started doing the show, I've been getting calls from people who have their own lawyers, but they're having difficulty getting some answers from those lawyers. And, I, you know, I told you, John, before, I have no issue speaking with people. I, I, I never tell people to switch over or to switch out of the lawyers that they're with, but I will give them, you know, honest answers about yep. the cases that uh, they're dealing with. And this is a tragic case. This is, a, this is a lady who called me because her husband was injured in early 2014, so about a year ago. Okay. Uh, it, it was a very serious accident on the highway. Uh, the accident happened um, at about 100 kilometers an hour. Uh, the, the, um, the, the husband was struck from the back, and his car spiraled and yeah. ended up hitting the guardrail. In fact, when the police got there, they, they actually, when they looked at him, they said, you know, you're lucky to be alive. Wow. Uh, the ambulance was there. You know, everyone was there. And, um, uh, you know, the other driver was charged. Uh, he suffered, miraculously, he, he broke nothing, uh, but he suffered a very severe whiplash. He's 42 years old, an electrical technician. Now, he's been unable to go back to work because of severe back and neck pains. 
and headaches, difficulty sleeping. You know, we Brutal. see a lot of that. Exactly. Brutal. And he's been getting treatments. He's been going to the doctor, physio clinic, and he's been getting a bit better. But then, you know, the condition plateaued. And we see that with a lot of these kinds of injuries, especially when you're dealing with high velocity, high impact uh, injuries. The wife works at a restaurant. They got two kids under five. Oh, now he's brutal. getting income replacement benefits, still. okay, right. which, which are a fraction of what he was making before. Uh, but he's still getting them. The insurance company hasn't cut them off at this point. And here's the thing. They've called their lawyer numerous times, and they've asked the lawyer what's happening with the other claim. So not the claim for benefits, for the income replacement and all that. That happens quickly. It happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. That happens yeah. very quickly. I mean, within days. I mean, you should be calling the insurance company the same day or the next day after the accident when you're injured. And they'll immediately assign a bodily injury adjuster to you. They'll send you forms, all that kind of stuff. And you can get the benefits coming to you very quickly. But the claim against the other driver, against the other driver's insurance company, which in this case is a no-brainer. I mean, he was yep. hit from the back. The guy was charged and I believe convicted of careless driving. Uh, the lawyer apparently hasn't started a claim yet, despite the fact that this husband, uh, th- this, this, this man who's supporting his family, was, spo- was supporting his family, can't work for, for a year now. And, uh, you know, so they've listened to the show a few times, and I've talked about this thing that uh, is out there that lawyers, for whatever reason, wait for about a year before they, yeah. they consider starting a Why? claim. And we'll talk about that. Well, one of the reasons they do it is because you know, lawyers are people and they're creatures of habit. And unless you broke something, unless there is a really serious injury, and I'm talking about something where, you know, you can't walk, something really serious, many lawyers will simply say, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see how you're doing a year from now, and then we'll decide if we're going to start a claim for you against whoever was at fault for the accident. And if we do that, how are we going to characterize the claim, et cetera, et cetera. So then the question is, again, why wait for the year? Well, there is no really good reason for that. I mean, look, even on some of my cases, sometimes I say, listen, let's take a wait-and-see approach. I saw a lady only a few days ago who was injured in a car accident, and, and you know she's asking me, should I start a claim now? And I said, well, it, it just happened, so let's wait for a few weeks at the very least just to see how you're doing. Because if you're back to normal, you know, 100% functionality within a few weeks, right. it, the claim is not going to be worthwhile from a monetary standpoint for you, let alone for me. It's just me dragging right. you through the process. Right. Uh, but certainly I'm not going to wait for a year, particularly if you can't work. And I see this quite often. And so, you know, when you go to a doctor, a doctor's office, and the doctor says, you know, if whatever you have doesn't get better, you know, within a week, two weeks, three weeks, come and see me. But the doctor usually also, you know, also says, if it gets worse, then make sure you go to the emergency department. So right they, always, they yeah. always give you an alternative. They always say, if something happens. For some reason, a lot of lawyers don't actually say, uh, th- th- you know, they'll tell you, let's wait a year. B- but what they don't do is they don't say, well, if you can't work after a month, after two months, after three months. Forget the year. Forget the year. Right. We're going to start working on it ASAP because we know you need the money. Yeah. And, and so that's something that I think people should be aware of. If you have a lawyer, you have a paralegal, you have somebody who's working on your claim, if months and months and months have passed, there is no really, there's no actual reason why you should be waiting for a year before a claim is started against whoever was at fault for the accident. And the sooner you start the claim, the sooner your lawyer starts the claim, the faster you're going to have a resolution of that claim. It's just that simple. You wait a year, uh, like I have some people who have called me in the last few weeks uh, who ask me, you know, why is it that my lawyer is waiting a year and I couldn't give them a good answer? You're going to get your claim delayed by a Big year. Time. It's that simple. So in that particular situation, that was very important. Another, another um, issue that came out of that uh, individual's call is that, you know, they were struggling for money and they didn't know what to do and the banks were not giving them any more loans. Mm-hmm. 
and they couldn't get a hold of their lawyer again to ask them what are the alternatives. And you know there are alternatives out there for people who can't you know pay the mortgages and and they they need money to survive. They're not the best alternatives. You know I always tell people if you can if you have family that can help you, friends, uh, you know if 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 there is any other collateral insurance, exhaust exactly. But there are also temporary lenders out there. And, and, you know, they charge higher insurance rates, uh, insurance rates, sorry, interest rates. I, I, you know, I would certainly not go to them as, as lenders of first choice, but they, they are there. And what that lawyer did not do is it didn't explain that to this individual who apparently, my, my understanding is that the, the, the husband and wife are now actually thinking about selling their house. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hold off yeah, on that. Easy. Yeah. Make sure you make an appointment with your lawyer. Make sure they, that you ask questions about those lenders. Make sure you ask about that one-year mark. Find out why it is that the claim hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. Press your lawyer to do that. And if you still have any questions, come and speak with me. A little due diligence would be nice, right? Absolutely. Exactly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We need your calls. Give us a call. Ask some questions. Uh, we'll have answers here for you. We'll get into some car accident questions I have for Savan. In the meantime, his number, 416-216-5910, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more. The Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. 1223 and uh, 3 degrees. Looking for, uh, what, minus 10 by Wednesday, so it's going to get a lot colder and slippery out there. We're talking about uh, some car accident stuff here coming up. First, as always, 416 870 6400 star 640 on your cell got uh, francis in scarborough hello francis hello good morning good afternoon sorry go ahead you got a question for savannah yes i would like to know if there's a statute of limitation for a bus fall um six months ago where an individual myself went flying from the top of the stairs right down the center aisle practically on the bus but i didn't go to the hospital or anything Okay. I have severe back pains now. Hi, Francis. Uh, I'm really sorry about the accident that you have. There is a statute of limitation, but you're nowhere near it. It's two years. Oh, two years. It's okay. two years, yeah. Although, having said that, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what happened? Why did you fly? The Why? bus um, stopped abruptly as I boarded. I, w- I was going to go up the stairs to the back. And before I could sit down, because I had stuff in my hand and a coffee, the bus stopped abruptly because a, a car pulled out in front of it. Right. So I wasn't able to sit down, and I went flying right down the center aisle, and I landed on my back. Okay, right. The supervisor came, mm-hmm. and he said I could go home if I wanted to, because I was going to go to the doctor the next day. But he said the police were going to come, but he said I didn't have to stay. But he came to take out the camera, and et cetera, because it, it was a severe accident. Right. So they had to re- take out the film and everything. But I didn't go to the hospital, and everyone was saying that I didn't have no recourse because I didn't go to the hospital. But I thought I was okay. The blood, the, um, my doctor said I just had soft tissue injury, but I, the way that I fell flying on my back... Uh, my back is acting up for, uh, uh, during the course of a couple of months. The more, the longer I walk, the more pain that I'm in, discomfort. Right. right. Well, l- let me dispel some myths. The fact that you don't go to the hospital right after you're injured does not mean you don't have a claim. In fact, okay. uh, in many, many cases, uh, I see people who, uh, after a car accident, for example, or a slip and fall, they don't go to the doctor because they think that they just have aches and pains and those are going to go away. And okay. what happens is within a day or two, they start getting severe neck pains uh, and, and severe back pains. Headaches, all headaches that stuff. And, all that right, kind of stuff. Yeah. and really, this is, this is no different than you, know, you or I going to the gym and working our muscles, not feeling much. And then the next day, we're very, very sore. It takes time for, for the body to react to mm-hmm. the trauma that it suffered. Okay, but six months? 
Well, okay, so wait a second. So for six months, you haven't sought any medical attention? Well, I, I went to my doctor, and I did have some x-rays on my back. Right. When did you go to the doctor? A couple of months ago. That's a while ago. But right. I never heard from him, but I'm still in a lot of discomfort. Right. Well, look, I mean, the reality is that obviously if, if, if four months have elapsed since the time that the injury happened, yes. then if you start a claim... The other side, whoever is looking at the claim, is going to say to themselves, wait a second, how serious could the accident have been if the person did not seek medical attention, at the very least within a few days or maybe even a week? And that's not to say that you are not telling the truth here. I mean, I, I believe you just based on what you're telling me, it makes sense to me, except that uh, the, the perception from the other side, from the insurance company, uh, and I'm not sure what kind of bus it was, if it was a go bus or any other bus, but the insurance company dealing with this is going to take the position that obviously the injuries are not as severe as a result of you not seeking medical help, not necessarily within the same day, but at the very least within days or perhaps weeks after the accident. But wouldn't they have it yeah. on film so they could see the severity of the way that I fall? Oh, no, absolutely. I don't think that anybody's going to say that it didn't happen. I think that the question is going to be the severity of the injury and the impact on you. So again, keep in mind, it doesn't mean you're not injured. It, it, it's not about so much... Um, it's not cut and dry what it, to do, yeah, or don't, not, or yes or no. Exactly. Right? I mean, when we look at these kinds of situations, when I'm looking at these and I'm gauging them, and keep in mind, I'm looking at it not only as someone who works for people who are injured, but as someone who worked for insurance companies in the past. So I have both hats on when I'm assessing a claim. I'm thinking to myself, what's the other side? What's the adjuster or another lawyer going to think when they're looking at the case? So again, keep in mind, if you are injured, you're not out of the, uh, the uh, limitation uh, period. I mean, you actually have uh, still time to start a claim or to at the very least notify uh, the, the bus company and deal with their insurance adjuster. So what I suggest we do is this. Uh, uh, give me a call at the office. Let's chat tomorrow. It's Monday. And I, you know, I'm going to take more details down, and I'll give you all the options that you have. And then you can choose how it is you want to proceed. Francis, that number again, 416-216-5910. If you want to call us here in the air, it's uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. That's why, you know, even if you're not injured, just... You want to make the point that you went to the doctor right away, went to the hospital. You so do. You no want to history, make sure. Yeah, right? you, want, you want to do that for two reasons. Number one is you want to make sure that you're okay. You want to get checked yep. out. And number two, you want to have a medical record yes. that shows that you were concerned, obviously, enough to get checked out. We'll take a short break. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up on Talk Radio AM 640. Yeah, it's at 1230 on your Sunday. And again, 416-216-5910. That's Savan's number. And help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We always... Uh, Take care of our phone callers first. Jamie in North York. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year Happy to you. Happy New Year, Jamie. Um, about two years ago in February, and I was at work, and um, I had, uh, well, there was a car crash um, because I do car detailing. Okay. And the car crash did um, affect me where I had fallen on my back, and it was uh, a dealership that brought uh, cars to be clean and the dealership since 2013 has not given me any money for damages and trauma that I suffered result of the injury and I really don't know what else to do because they were at fault because they had a, a driver who really did not know how to operate the gears and he basically crashed into um, the wall at my work and I basically was um, in a lot of pain and I had a bruise on my leg and two years have gone by and I'm still having issues with my back. 
Jamie, have you been able to go back to work? I have, but, um, you know, I, I have spoken to the company that brought those cars from from the dealership, and they're not, um, you know, been able to help me in any way. And this has been, you know, a long two-year process. Right. And my question is, uh, since it's been two years, what are my options um, as of now? Because it was on camera. Okay, so there are a few issues that we have to um, uh, figure out here. Number one, uh, whether or not this is a workers' comp situation. Have you contacted um, WSAB? Um, I did, but um, they basically, I haven't really gotten anything because, you see, the injury that I suffered, that wasn't uh, an issue where I was not able to work. Um, I was able to go to work, Mm -hmm. but back in May of 2000, May 2013, um, I noticed one morning I'm walking and I get this severe back pain and I thought I was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, like you had mentioned with the other caller, that any time we have a trauma, the body um, does react. Sometimes it could take a couple of months. And in my case, it did, because it took three months before I noticed any pain in my back. Right. Okay. So in a situation where someone is injured at work, the first question or the first issue that I deal with uh, is whether or not this is a workers' comp situation. And the reason for that is this. Mm -hmm. If your business, if the detailing business is registered or should be registered with WSAB, Mm -hmm. uh, and if the dealership is also a WSAB entity, then you would not actually be able to claim any damages from the dealership itself. You're, you are oh. then encompassed within the workers' comp uh, framework. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes I see people coming to me who have been told by other lawyers that they can only go through workers' comp, and that's not always the situation. Oh. If you've been injured by someone who is not registered through WHCB or, or is not part of that workers' comp system, mm-hmm. and that person caused you the injury, then you potentially have a claim against them. But in your situation, yeah. if, you're, if, you're bus- if the business that you're working at and the dealership are both workers' comp entities, if they're bo- both registered especially with WSAB, you would not actually have any recourse through the courts against the dealership. You have to go through WSAB with whatever limited benefits they would have. Yeah, I did. But um, because, you know, I I was able to still function, Right. but I guess because of the back injury, yeah. where, I mean, right now I'm okay, but three months ago... I had another flare-up, and, you know, I was in pain for about a week, but the pain did go away, but I'm still um, thinking it's probably because of what happened when I fell on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very likely, and it's something that you probably want to get, you know, medical attention for and checked out. But, again, for, for our listeners, John, uh, whenever you're dealing with, with a workplace uh, accident, uh, don't immediately go through workers' comp. In this situation here okay. with Jamie, my sense is, and Jamie, please call me uh, off hours and let's chat about this so I can give you more information, but my sense is that uh, he's probably going to be... Um, 
within that workers' comp framework, which, which we've talked about that before. It means that you can't actually claim for damages for pain and suffering against whoever caused you the injury because they are mm. part of that system as well. It's an enclosed system. So if you're within workers' comp, you're, you're injured in the course of your employment, whoever caused you the injury is part of that system. You can't do anything vis-a-vis a claim uh, independently of WSAB. Is there some legal framework where a, a registered business in Ontario has to be part of WSIB, or is it ever an option? Because well, you said yeah. if they're if they have W if they're part of the uh, WSIB umbrella, right? That's a very interesting question because some businesses are actually not registered with Workers Comp with WSIB, but they should be. And the fact that they're not registered doesn't mean that they don't get the same protections. So what what happens? Yeah, I mean, when when I was doing defense work for insurance companies, sometimes our insureds would get claims against them. And we would check it out, and our defense was that the person that we were, the, the business we were defending, was not registered with WSAB, but they ought to have been. And so they get the same protections, but they're going to get dinged for the fact that they haven't paid premiums right? exactly uh, by, by workers' comp. Uh, okay. Okay, we got time. We got time. I, let me bounce back over this. We're talking about car accidents at the, uh, the beginning of the hour. So, uh, someone's injured in a car crash. When should they start the claim for benefits and compensation? Uh, if they're injured, yes. they should be starting the claim immediately. Okay. Not necessarily the claim against whoever was at fault. I mean, that depends on the facts of the case. Sometimes, you know, you don't have anybody that's at fault. Sometimes it's a single car uh, collision or spit or, or off the, into a guard exactly. Or, or sometimes the right. people themselves who are injured are at fault. But you know, claims for benefits from your own insurance company, you should be starting immediately. The paperwork will come to you within a matter of days or weeks. Uh, if you come to us and you call our office, like, for example, if you were injured yesterday, as an mm-hmm. example, uh, and you spoke with your insurance company and they said, you know, we're sending you in the mail a whole package, you don't have to wait for that. You can actually just give us a call and we, we have all that paperwork. That's, that's cool. uh, uh, Ontario paperwork. This is not paperwork specific to the insurance company. Uh, we have that. We can start the process ASAP and get you benefits immediately. Can a spouse or child or uh, like an injured person make a claim as well if he or she has to take care for the injured person or uh, take care of things around the home? Definitely. Absolutely. And we see it a lot with, with the types of claims that are a bit more serious, uh, like the ones that I spoke about at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you have someone, like, let's say a, a husband or a wife or, or a kid that you know, is injured and they need help. Uh, at home, uh, they, they need uh, help uh, bathing, they need, they need housekeeping help, all that kind of stuff. And as soon as you make a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident, that spouse or that family member is able to advance a claim as well for those services that he or she's providing to the injured individual. Almost like an employee, right? Like they need to get almost, paid. Almost, exactly. Almost, it right? has to be reasonable, of course. Yep. I mean, you're not going to say that, you yep. know, because the person has a bit of, uh, of a back pain, you suddenly need to give them 10 hours worth of, of treat, uh, not treatments, but help uh, yep. around the house a yep. day. Uh, but certainly uh, family members can make a claim uh, w- whenever somebody in the family is injured. Cool. We'll take a uh, short break. Phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Savannah's number as well, 416. Write this one down, 416-216-5910, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show on the way. Talk radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910, that is Savannah's number, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, and 416-870-6400, yep, star 640 on cell. Would be the number to call. I want to ask you this, so how difficult is it, uh, Savannah, to make a claim for accident benefits and what kind of benefits can be claimed? All right. So the answer to the first question is it's not difficult at all. Okay, okay. good. We just have to make sure that we do the, uh, we, we do the, the, the claim right, that the, the forms are filled out properly, sufficiently. Uh, and a lot of times, unfortunately, when people do it themselves, they miss many things. Mm-hmm. 
And, and then when you have to go back and fix the mistakes, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you and it's going to delay the payments. In terms of benefits that you can get, uh, there are some very basic benefits that everyone should be aware of if you're injured. Uh, the first and foremost is medical rehabilitation. I mean, what happens if you need treatments, physiotherapy, chiropractic, massage, all that kind of stuff? Right. Uh, well, y- you can get that. Uh, there are certain limits that are imposed on how much you can get uh, paid to the clinic. So, for example, if you are categorized as, you know, uh, an injury that's not a very serious one, so, for example, not a fracture, not a tear, then you're getting up to $3,500 for medical rehabilitation treatments. That's not much. But sometimes we can get you out of that minor injury guideline. Sometimes we can get you out of that category. And if we're able to get you out of that category through various exceptions in the law, if we can do that, uh, then in that case, uh, uh, y- you would be entitled to up to $50,000 in medical yeah, rehabilitation benefits. Uh, another benefit, we talked about that before, income replacement benefits. Really key. Okay, you get up to $400 a week. And the insurance, up to. Up to. Not automatically. Up no, to. not automatically. Yeah. Exactly. There's a formula that the insurance company uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to calculate how much you'd be entitled to. Uh, there's other types of, of, of benefits which are really important for people, for, for people to, uh, to know about. Uh, uh, for example, you can get attendant care benefits if you, if you need help at home with bathing, uh, a yeah. toilet, things like that. Uh, you'd be entitled to, if you qualify, up to a maximum of $3,000 per month. Uh, again, there is, there's a certain maximum, up to $36,000 maximum. Uh, there are funeral benefits if there's a fatality. Uh, there is what's called a non-earner benefit if, if you can't work, if you weren't working at the time, but you can't do things uh, um, uh, just generally uh, sure. at home and, and you, know, you have difficulty really living. Uh, so there's a variety of benefits that are important to go through okay. whenever we're dealing with a particular situation, particular case, to make sure that we really access all the benefits that the person is entitled to. That's why you need, you can't, don't do this on no, your own. No, there's why a lot of information. You, you cannot do this on your own. I mean, you know, it, it's like telling someone you can go to small claims court and do a claim on your own. Yes, you can. Technically, uh, the system is, is structured so that you're supposed to be able to do it. But, you know, the amount of times that people go to small claims or they do accident benefits and then they find out that they're in trouble because they haven't done this or haven't done that. And then, you know, good luck trying to find a lawyer who is going to be willing to unpack no the mess and yeah. try and, and, re, and, you know, rejig everything so that you actually can maximize whatever you're entitled to. 416-870-6400, star 640 on seller. I've been pumping that email out there, help at insurancelawyer.ca. I'll get to a couple of those now if you don't mind, my friend. Got uh Talia from Barry says, uh, an email says, we had uh, lots of car accidents uh, because of the weather last few weeks. No kidding, like yesterday. Uh, I have two friends, says Talia, uh, who were in car crashes. One of them is not that injured, but the other was told that she had a shoulder tear. She's 61 years old, very concerned because the driver that hit her has no insurance. We've had this story before. Can she do anything? Yes, she can absolutely do something about this. Uh, First of all, John, shoulder tears are serious, serious injuries, particularly when you're dealing with someone who is... Uh, you know, 61 years old. For sure. Okay, you're not dealing with a 17-year-old kid. Uh, the reality is that she's going to have an impairment for the rest of her life. And I don't know if she's working, if she's employed, if she's not able to go back to work or what's what, but I can tell you that it's a serious injury. She's going to need a lot of rehab. Uh, if there is an income situation, if, if uh, she's having difficulty working, she's probably going to have that impairment affecting her employment until she would have retired. So there is a potentially significant income loss claim here. And, you know, she's asking, what can I do if the driver who was at fault has insurance? insurance? The answer is very simple. Your own insurance company 
steps into the shoes of the at-fault driver. All of us, all of us in Ontario who have standard automobile insurance, so the absolute most standard policy contains this safety net. It's a safety net that's there in the event that whoever causes the accident has no insurance, has little insurance, so less than the person was supposed to have, Mm -hmm. or if the person has fled the scene of the accident, so that person would be unidentified. In any one of these circumstances, if you are injured in, in, in an accident and one of these situations happened, you can still make a claim with your own insurance company as though it was against the at-fault driver. Now, really? it's a little tricky. I mean, I understand people are having difficulty sometimes, you know, grasping this. It makes no sense. Why would I be going after my own insurer? You're going after your insurer because the law allows you to do that because that's why you paid premiums. Okay. And it's there to provide a safety net. So, yes, for Talia, she should have her friend give me a call. It would not be a difficult claim to resolve. We have to start it ASAP. It's a very serious injury. 416-216-5910 is the number that Savan's talking about. Uh, Ryan in Toronto says, I was in a car accident two days ago and was taken to hospital and released the same day. My back and neck are killing me, he says, but they said that I didn't break anything and that it was severe whiplash. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been nauseated and uh, throwing up yesterday and today. Not a good day for him. I don't know uh, how I'm going to go back to work tomorrow. What do I do? Well, the first thing I would tell Ryan is you have to go back to the hospital and get checked out. But whenever I see someone or I hear that someone is having uh, nausea and, and they're puking, mm-hmm. uh, and I think he said, he said his back and neck are killing him. I don't know about headaches. There could potentially be head trauma here if he hit his head on on the on the steering wheel or or on the uh, um, uh, window of the window car. Something, yeah. Very very important to actually check for a head injury here, and a lot of times those will not manifest until a little bit after uh, some time passes. Uh, so in this case, first of all, uh, he should be if he's not ready to go back to work, he should not be going to work. Okay, very important. People are asking me all the time, I've been injured, should I or should I not go back to work? And I tell them, it's, that's, that's, that answer is up to you and your doctor. Mm-hmm. If you can go back to work, that's great. Go ahead and try going back to work. If you can't, then you don't. You immediately advise your employer. Your employer has an obligation to accommodate you, to, to keep your position open for you. You have to make sure you go to the doctor, get the note from the doctor. So, you know, in Ryan's case, again, Ryan, give me a call. I understand that this is, uh, this is very scary. The accident just happened. Uh, you know, you're going to have issues to deal with. Uh, I'm not sure if he's married, if he's got kids, yep. whatnot. But very, very important to make sure that we contact the insurance company ASAP and that we start a claim as soon as possible against whoever was at fault for the accident if we're dealing with a more significant injury. We'll take a short break. You want to give us a call in the uh, last few minutes here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on Cell Savan's number directly on his hip is 416-216-5910. And as always, email questions at help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Insurance and Injury Law Show, this is right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Now we uh, get down to our last segment here. We'll get to a, another email. I wanted to throw us one by you. This one seems interesting. Sandra from Newmarket writes in to you, Savan, says, I slipped and fell as I left Starbucks on Thursday. There was no salt on the ground. I broke my ankle and was taken to hospital. Uh, I have a cast on, but the doctor said that I will likely need surgery. My daughter's held me out at home. Who is responsible, Starbucks or the city? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Uh, responsibility or fault uh, really depends, uh, and it depends on a variety of factors in slip and fall cases. Because sometimes you think that you know the area was controlled by the city, or you think it was uh, a store or a plaza owner. The reality is that from a legal standpoint, we actually have to do what's called a property search. We have to identify exactly where you fell. We have to figure out, uh, based on these property searches, who actually owns that uh, you know corner. Uh, and, and and then that's not enough. That tells us which entity, whether it's the city or corporation or whoever it is, we notify them. 
And most likely, there's going to be a management company or a winter maintenance company that's involved as Contracted well. Contracted to salt and do whatever. You got it, okay. exactly. Yeah. So, so in this kind of situation, Sandra, what I would tell you is that, I mean, obviously, we're dealing with a serious injury here. There is a, there is a fracture that requires a surgery, uh, it seems like. So what I would say is make sure that you give me a call. Make sure that, uh, you know, that... that um, you, you actually call me ASAP. And the reason for that is that if it's the city that's responsible, then as we know, John, there is, there is a time limit for putting the city on notice for a slip of fall claim, right? Within 10 right. days. 10 of, days of the, right? Exactly. We've yeah. got to make sure that we notify the city clerk. So very, very important. But as to who's at fault, that's an involved question that requires us to really do an analysis of uh, who controlled and who maintained the area in question. And it's not always obvious. Can she claim for that venti? Because you know, if you get a half calf, <laughs> double decaf with you know, you know, low fat syrup and some whipped cream, we're talking six, seven bucks. Here. I, th- I think we can probably <laughs> negotiate at least a few of those. Uh, questions for you. Um, here's, here's a quick one. I'll throw it across across your bow. What are the top three? Top three questions people ask you after they've been hit in a car accident. Top three. Well, I, I guess the first one that they ask me is, uh, um, especially when we're dealing with an income loss situation where somebody can't go back to work, mm-hmm. is how am I going to pay my bills? Where can I get you know the, the the income from? And of course, we go through the analysis and 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 try to to figure out uh, you know other than income replacement benefits, what other sources of income we can access. Uh, you know, is there, for example, a, a disability plan through work? Uh, you know, are there any other lenders that can assist in the interim period while the person can't go sure. uh, um, you know to work? So that's the first question: income. The second question is: well, I, I need to be paying for my physio. I've been referred by my family doctor or the hospital. Who's going to pay for that? Again. We access your own insurance company uh, uh, accident benefits uh, claims, and and you know we make sure that you get uh, the benefits that you need in order to pay the clinic for the various treatments you need, and and you know the third question that I get quite often is when do I start a claim or should I start yeah, a claim or should I wait because I'm getting mixed information. And again, I'm usually of the opinion that we should start claims sooner rather than later. And I'll tell you off the bat, I mean, I'll tell you immediately if I think it's worthwhile for you to go, to go ahead with it or not. I'm not going to waste your time, certainly not going to waste my time, and I'm going to make sure that I don't put you through a process unless I think that there's going to be a benefit to you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, John, I, I actually get spouses who call me on behalf of uh, you know, their husband or their wife, or I have relatives who call me because they're concerned because claims haven't started. Remember the one-year mark situation. Oftentimes, people who contact me, you know, who contact me, are not actually people who are injured. Mm-hmm. It's people who are hearing the show or have heard about me and understand that, you know, there's potentially something wrong here because a claim hasn't started. So the question of when do I start a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident is something that I get all the time. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. Now, you mentioned this, uh, you know, for the last uh, few months we've been doing this show. Now, you worked for the insurance company side, you worked, which, is, which is a real benefit for your clients because you've been on both sides of the table. Now, what were the top three mistakes that you saw other lawyers making who are now in your situation? You're on the defense side, right? Yeah, the top three mistakes. Well, the first mistake that I, I saw quite often is that the lawyers would not maximize uh, the, the benefits that they would be asking for for their own clients. Why not? And, and and the reason why not is because if, if you don't necessarily maximize, it means that either you don't know how to maximize, you don't understand really the structure that's in mm-hmm. place. You don't know all the benefits you can be claiming for for your, your, your client, uh, or it means that you're trying to get a quick buck. You're trying to get a quick settlement, right? It's like a real estate agent who's trying to uh, uh, price your house at lower than it should be because they can get a quick sale, yeah, right. make a quick buck, right? So we see it a lot. So that's the first mistake, that they don't maximize uh, the types of benefits that they're claiming for. Uh, the, the second mistake that I see is that they're taking way too long to move cases along. 
and, and this is something I can't emphasize enough, mm-hmm. it should not take years upon years upon years to resolve these claims. They're not that difficult. And you know, let me tell you a secret, John. This is something that most people who are injured are completely unaware of. Insurance companies love to resolve claims quickly. You know why? It's very logical. Because it gets these claims off their income statements. Ah, they don't want to have nice. these claims just, just you know, hanging there. They don't. And the reality is that as a defense lawyer, when I worked just for insurance companies, I would have to call the, the plaintiff lawyers to see if we can get a resolution. And you know what? A lot of times I would send out settlement proposals and I would wait for months, if not years, if I ever got a response back from the lawyers. Now, do you think that those lawyers actually transmitted those proposals to their clients? Hmm. Probably not. Because in most instances, those clients probably would have told their lawyers, go ahead and resolve it. So, so again, taking too long to move things forward, very, very uh, uh, bad. Uh, and, and the third mistake is, is that you know, when it comes time to negotiate, listen, all of us have negotiated at some point in our lives, whether it's for a house, for a car, with our spouse, whatever. <laughs> the point is- <laughs> That's the ongoing negotiation. Usually it, you lose. Always on, well, I, I usually lose, yeah, in that circumstance. And you're a but, lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that doesn't help me, trust me. It actually works against me. Uh, but, but John, the reality is this. Negotiation is an art. It is an art. It's pure psychology, okay? It's like playing poker. You're, you have certain cards that you're playing with, but at the end of the day, it's who can read the other side better, who can position their client's case better, who can uh, uh, pressure the other side for, sure. for a resolution? It doesn't take a long time to resolve. It, it's, not, it's not difficult. It's just you got to put in the time. And you got to make sure that you get everything right along the way. That's it. Great show, man. Lots of great information offside or at least off, uh, off hours. You want to give Savannah a call, you can do that. 416-216-5910. And as always, the insurance uh, questions through email are help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll do it all again next weekend right here on Talk Radio AM640. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show. On Talk Radio, AM 640.